Welcome to the Guts Church Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word for you. If this ministry has changed your life, would you let us know? Send us an email at story at gutschurch.com. The word or the message that I have for you is dig deeper. Dig deeper. And I'll tell you what, uh, the, we live in a headline world. We live in a surfacey world where every, uh, everything that you see on, on the internet is clickbait. That's what it is because it's all about how many clicks that they can get. How many times someone goes to that and clicks that picture to read that story. No matter what the content is, no matter if there's content at all, it's all about the headline. And that's, that's not God. Our God is not surfacey. So uh, I, I titled this message, Dig Deeper, because it's just a, a charge, and encouragement, but then also hopefully just to shed a little light on what digging deeper means and then what is the benefit or, or what comes from you digging deeper. So let's pray. Lord, we come to you now. We thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you that you prepare our hearts to receive your word. Lord, I thank you that... that you open up our hearts and the, and the breakthrough happens. Lord, I thank you that chains are broken in people's lives. Mindsets are changed. Lord, I thank you for broken families to be mended, broken relationships to be mended. And Lord, I thank you that we don't, we don't take this opportunity to come to your house in the middle of the week. Lord, we don't take that opportunity lightly because we understand what a privilege it is to worship you absolutely freely in this great country. Lord, we love you. We worship you. Lord, I thank you that you be with my words, that they're your words and not mine. And Lord, I thank you that they hit every person exactly where they sit, exactly how they need to hear it, dealing with the things that need to be dealt. Lord, we love you. We worship you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to start this out reading out of Matthew uh, chapter 5. Verses 3 through 6. I call this um, translation of the Bible, the Cassidy Shear translation or the Amplified, use a lot of words to get one point across. Um, that's a joke. Nobody laughed. I mean, I heard like some, but it's like, no, I get it. Um, I say that a lot. Anyways, uh, verse 3. Blessed, happy to be, to be envied. And spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the poor in spirit, the humble, who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What I love about that is it's blessed no matter what your outward condition looks like. Blessed no matter what report that you've heard. Blessed no matter what mess up that you had last night or last weekend, last week, that you're blessed. Blessed and enviably happy with the happiness produced by the experience of God's favor and especially conditioned by the revelation of his matchless grace are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed, happy, blithesome, joyous, spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the meek, the mild, patient, long-suffering, for they shall inherit the earth. What I love about, about hearing that, and th this is just a word of encouragement. So 
I'm reading through this in Blythesome. I'm 31 years old. I don't know what Blythesome means. So, like normal people, I got on my, my iPhone and went to Google and searched it. And it literally says to not have a care in the world. So imagine walking through with not a care in the world because you're patient, because you're mild and, and long-suffering. What I love is we, while the world is all about headlines and is about being surfacy, that we realize that that's not it. That the, the story is what matters. The title isn't. But the story is what matters. The meat is what matters. Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in the state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, which is uprightness and right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. I'll tell you what, that there should be a word of encouragement for you because no matter how much money you make, no matter what you do, no matter who your friends are, no matter what things that you have, you still have to go home. And if you, if you aren't fulfilling the call of God on your life, there's no way that you can sit down and feel satisfied. There's no way. There's no way that, that, that you can go and you know, you know what, I have a purpose and, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Now hear me when I say that the call on your life is unique and individual for, it's individualized for you. That doesn't necessarily mean full-time ministry. And I think most people think that. But it's that you're fulfilling the call of God on your life. That you're being who you're supposed to be in the place that you're supposed to be. That you're an example and that you're a light. If you work at a, at a factory, it's that you're going to that factory and you're being the light. Last time I spoke, I talked about being the real Jesus. And, and, and I translate that to this, that no matter what your job is, no matter where you work, be the real Jesus. That's the Jesus that's loving, not condemning, that forgives. That's the Jesus that doesn't judge, that isn't critical, but, it, but is, is embracing to others. The theme is activation. The best things in life are not on the surface. We live in a headline culture but yet, when it comes to Jesus, it's all about the story. It's all about the story. Everything that he did, everything that he taught, it was about the story. That he was able to not take the, or he was able to take the circumstances and how everyone around him felt be based on those circumstances, and then he let the story come in. It happens time and time again. When he fed the 5,000, it looked bleak. Everyone around him, and you, you know that he's just sitting back going, <laughs> oh man, they're questioning me again. Here we go. It's about the story. The story is what matters. It's not the surface. You have to dig in. So let's go to John 6, verses 53 through 58. John 6, 53 through 58. I'm going to set the example I... This is a very interesting story to me and how Jesus tells this story. And you'll hear why it's not about the, the headline, it's about the story. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. 
Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I'll tell you what. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall with the disciples when he said this. I mean, think about it. I know how I feel working under my father. I feel their pain. Understand what I'm saying? He, he doesn't, it's, it's not like that. But he'll say things, I'm like, oh man, you have no idea. What are you talking about? Oh, that's the point. He brought it back in. So imagine what the disciples were thinking in this moment. Oh, here we go again. There, you know, he's lost it. Imagine what his PR guy thought. You know what I mean? Imagine, imagine what his PR guy thought. Oh, man, we're going to have to clean up this mess again. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. Basically what he's saying here is, in my opinion, is that you have to dig in. That it's not about the surface. That we sing songs and it's that all we need is you. We sing that tonight, all we need is Jesus. That's all we long for. That's all we want. When that's all you want, it consumes you. And it consumes you to the point where it's not just on the surface. Because too many people claim to be Christians or say that they're Christians, but yet everything about their life, every example that they show says the opposite. At some point, somebody's going to have to make a decision that says, you know what, I'm a Christian and here's my stand. I'm not going to give in to this. I'm not going to give in to that. I'm not going to judge. Don't hear me when I say that. I'm not going to judge somebody based off of what they're doing. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to condone it either. I'm not going to condemn it, but I'm not going to condone it. Or, and and the, the, the thing for me is that when, we consume, when we're so consumed with it, the only thing that you can do is to be that example, to be that light, that you dig deeper when you feel the urge to run, or when you, when you feel the urge to run, dig a little deeper. I think too many times when things get hard, we pick up shop and we leave. We say, you know what, this is not my battle, move on. Because I, and I'm going to go a little off here, a little off, off topic, but we all should pick a fight. We all should have a fight. Not every fight is your fight. Hopefully somebody understands what I'm saying here. Everybody, we, we, can, we run this race and it is a fight. We're going to fight things, social injustice, um, hunger, whatever else it may be. We're going to fight that fight, but not every fight is your fight. We don't care about your opinion on Facebook. Just throwing that out there. We really don't care. But, but, but find something that you stand for and fight for it. But not every fight is your fight. Not everything that happens, you have an opinion on. And it's, it's, oh, this is so endear to my heart. It's like, no, everybody should have a fight, but pick your fight. Okay, back on. 
So there's three things to dig deeper. Here are three things, three examples to dig deeper. Number one, commit to believe even when it makes you uncomfortable. Commit to believe even when it makes you uncomfortable. So we're going to jump down three verses in, in John 6 to verse 61. And this is after he said to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me, for Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. So what he's saying here, these words are what we are to consume. The word of God is what we're to consume. Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So in that situation, when you're hit with a storm, how do you respond? It's what's been put in your heart. It's what's in your heart. There are a lot of naysayers. There are a lot of people who are very negative. Guess what? You can't be. Why? Because we have the promise. We have the answer. We have it right here that we don't have to, to worry about whatever hits us, about whatever storm's coming, whatever report we get, whatever happens at work, whatever happens with friends, no matter what, you are going to stand and you're going to stand and you're going to stand. Because we have to make that decision to stand. But once we do, it's, we're immovable. Dad talked last, uh, last Sunday, maybe it was last Sunday, but talked about building your house on the rock. And for me, it's you make that decision that you're going to stand on that rock. Stand is very, very near and dear to me. It's something that, that I, I actually got it tattooed on my wrist because when I'm like this, when there's nothing else going on, what do I do? Oh, yeah, I stand. Because when you've done all to stand, you stand. Because way too many Christians go with the wind. Whatever wind of doctrine comes in, Whatever issues are happening, it's just, go, no, I'm going to stand. Guess what? God heals every time. Why? Because his word says it. We're going to stand. Listen, I, I understand that there, there is a devil. But when it comes down to it, we're going to experience trials and tribulations. But fear not because I've overcome the world. That's our answer. That's who we're standing on. We're standing on the immovable rock. Number two, don't stop digging when it starts to get confronting. Instead of conforming to how you feel, confess what you believe. Don't conform to how you feel. You might feel bad. It might feel rough. But confess what you believe. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Life and death, speak life. You know, I remember I went to a, a Christian school here in town for a few years, and they, at the time, I felt like they took the, the speaking life and, and your words having uh, power, life and death power, that they would correct you when you would say certain stuff. 
And I thought it, it, was, it was crazy when I was young because I'm like, that's really not going to happen. Like just throwing, I'm, I'm just saying it. It's an it's a expression. It's a phrase. Why chance it is what I think now. Why chance it? I don't have to speak bad about that situation. I can speak life into it. It might look like a dire situation, but yet I can speak life into it. And what if God steps in? What if? Speak life. Speak life into whatever situation. If your bank accounts are low and it does not make sense how you're going to make ends meet, speak life. Speak life. If you got a bad report from a doctor and it, do, it does not make sense, speak life. You have a, a, a bad relationship with your parents, one of, one of your family members, speak life into that situation. Don't put God into a box. Don't, don't keep him into, oh, no, this is the only part I'm going to do. No, let him have full control because I promise you, I promise you, it will be good. It'll be way better than whatever you could do. And at some point, we're, we're going to step up and, and stand, not give in, not conform to how we're feeling, but yet we're going to confess what we believe. And then imagine the life that we then live. That's when we truly can live blithesome. See how I did that? Blithesome. Not a care in the world. I don't have a care in the world. I have absolutely none. Number three is be obedient. Be obedient. Um, I, I heard a, a preacher, I was at a conference and a preacher once said, if it feels like your life is stagnant, go back to the last thing God told you to do and see if you did it. I'm going to venture to say that you didn't do it. But it's be obedient. It's that we're digging in. And what are we digging in? That it's consuming us. We're consuming it to where it's, it's just, it's amazing how just doing what God tells you to do, how amazing our life is. How acting how you're supposed to act. Because I'll tell you what, then that's when God's grace steps in. And that's you getting what you don't deserve. Last time I checked, that's a really good thing. It's, it's God's grace is, it blows my mind. It's unmerited favor. It's the fact that you, with no history, no, no reputation, no rapport, can walk into a situation and be victorious. That you could have never been in, in a situation like this, but yet, for some reason, you seem calm, cool, and collected. Why? Because you're victorious. You have already won. And I'm going to end with this. Obedience is our job. Obedience is our job. The outcome is God's. So when we step in and we're just obedient, we don't have to worry about the outcome because God's in control. I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's hard because God's timing and our timing are never the same and it never makes sense. 
I've said it time and time again, and I learned through my youth, I can make something happen. When I have to make something happen, it's never good. Never turns out good. But when it's God appointed, when it's God's time, when I'm patient, that's the hardest thing for me. Just being patient, just sit back. Let God's timing happen. That there's things that, that, oh, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to take on this. I'm ready to step into this. I'm ready to, to do this. Why try to force that situation? Whatever in life that, that you're waiting for that to happen, God's timing is perfect. He is in control. Don't lose heart. Don't, don't, don't be weary of continuing to move forward with that same thing because God's timing is perfect. So at some point, you have to get out of your own way. So the good news is, no matter what you've done in the past, no matter what family you come from, no matter what high school you went to, no matter what education you have, it, does not, it, it doesn't matter. God's still in control. To me, as soon as we can realize that, then we don't have to be that, that surfacy headline culture that is currently happening in society. Because we want the story, we want the meat. Yeah, you can stand on the, the, the few promises that every Christian knows. But think about how much greater it would be to just dig in. To just dig in. Keep moving forward. Don't let it push you back. When it push you back, dig in. Because at some point, at some time in life, you're going to have to make that stand. You might, that might, uh, the, you might have had an experience where that has happened and you didn't. Guess what? You're going to have another one. It's going to be awesome when you do make that stand because people are watching. And that's when you can be the real Jesus. Because I would hate to see, I, I, I hate to see the hypocrisy, the, well, you know, it's, no. That's what's awesome about God's grace. His mercy. I actually had somebody um, came up, so I've spoken a handful of times, and someone came up and he goes, man, you're, you talk about grace a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I love it. It's awesome. I don't know why you wouldn't, but okay. And I get it, because they're, they were a little older, and I understand the movements that have happened in the church world. And I'll tell you what, they said, man, are you, just, are, are, are you always going to talk about grace? And it's like, well, grace embodied is Jesus. So yes, I will always talk about Jesus because it, it starts and ends with Jesus. It's always about Jesus. Because just saying the name of Jesus changes the atmosphere in the room. How speaking the name of Jesus into your situation turns it like that. How the name of Jesus is above every other name. You know, dad would say, it's, well, I got diagnosed with cancer. You know what? They put a name to it. We win. 
if they're like, ah, we don't know what that is, well, let's get a name to it. Because then the name of Jesus stands above it. Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, both in heaven, on earth, and below the earth, that Jesus is Lord. And that name changes the situation. The power in that name. The, it's, oh, in the name of Taylor. Not that powerful. Just throwing it out there. And it's a boy's name. So I don't want to hear it, okay? It's a boy's name. But the name, in the name of Taylor, that doesn't work. But in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I, it's, it's amazing how that just lifts your spirit. Everybody say it. Jesus. Jesus. There is no greater name. So dig in. Consume all that you can consume and be consumed by it. Don't be surfacy. Take a stand. Take one. Because I'll tell you what, it, it might be uncomfortable to you in that moment, but you'd be shocked at what comes from it. You'll be shocked at who's watching, the doors that it opens. But take a stand. Because at some point our world is looking for people who will take one. Guess what? We love everybody. Billy Graham said we, we love the sin or hate the sin. Yeah, we're not, I'm, I'm not going to judge anybody. The last time I checked it was judge and be judged. I'm good on that. I'll pass. But it's I'm going to love people. Why? Because they're all hurting. They're all looking for something. They have a God-sized hole. And they're trying to fill it with everything else. So what if they encountered Jesus? And what if them encountering Jesus is because they encountered you? That's the righteousness that it talks about. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Guts Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.